Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. This is who we're up against. Roger Salas, head of SLS, the largest financial security firm on the East Coast. He believes he's untouchable. He is wrong. His family believes he lived a good, clean life. His family is wrong. The world believes he is a titan of industry and a man of virtue. The world has no idea who he really is. It will take seven jobs to beat him. Seven jobs between us and everything we ever wanted. We thread that needle. We're kings and queens. Job one, 505 Wall Street. SLS encodes RF transmitters into its armored trucks. It's the only way down into the loading dock. We can clone it as long as we stay close. If we don't get the code before the truck goes in, there is no job to. That is uh, Kaleidoscope, all episodes now streaming on Netflix. James Dempsey joins us uh, once again. This is um, bank high stuff. Yeah, it's um, yes and no, right? So it is a bank heist. Uh, we have uh, Giancarlo Esposito, best known as uh, Gus Fring from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. And he plays, uh, you know, a guy who's going to get pulled into one last job with a checkered past, with a, an estranged daughter and every single trope you could ever possibly expect. Mm. And he amasses a group of uh, um, thieves to come together to do this one last job on um, inspired by a real event-ish in that during Hurricane Sandy, uh, the hurricane waters destroyed... $70 billion worth of bank bonds and the creator of this, a writer named Eric Garcia, uh, he was sort of very intrigued by this as an idea thinking it would be such a good cover for like a heist. Hmm. So he proposed this heist and then kind of the gimmick he sold it to Netflix under is that there are eight episodes. Each episode is named after a colour and each Netflix subscriber is served the episodes in a different order. So they all lead towards the finale, which is the white episode, which is the heist itself, right, yeah. going down. But there's like, uh, the first one I saw was the green one, where we meet, uh, which is like, I think seven years before the heist. You know, it, it positions you temporarily uh, before, you know, telling you when it, it is taking place, uh, right at the beginning. Uh, and when I started it, uh, Leo Pap, who is Giancarlo Esposito, is in prison. And in the next episode, it was like two weeks after the heist. And then in the episode after that, it was three weeks before the heist and you're moving around, right? So it doesn't really matter in what order you get these? In theory. Yeah. <laughs> right. Now, that's the same of every single TV show you've ever seen, <laughs> right? <laughs> Except here they're just going, it doesn't matter what order you watch them in, right? And I'm not a maths teacher, but um, uh, if, you know, the, the probability here is there are 5,040 ways to watch this show in its entirety. Okay, right? impressive. Right. Now, 
the issue, right? So th- th- it's a gimmick. Mm. Right? This is yeah. completely not really a gimmick because they're, you know, they're, you know, I watched this kind of like on the set making of kind of show, and uh, Eric Garcia, the creator, is going, you know, the show it's so incredible. You can watch any episode out of order, and there's throwbacks and callbacks to things that you will only appreciate on second viewing. So, like, if you're a real anorak, you're going to go in and watch this like so many times and enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> Fabulous impersonation, by Thank the way. You. <laughs> when I got to the white episode, the finale episode last night, I was watching the heist going, I can't remember why they're doing that. <laughs> right? I was like, it was like, there was this moment where, where something I remembered for the first episode is, which is where you see him carving um, soap. And mm. uh, this has a, it does have some sort of call, you know, into the finale episode. But I'm like, now, what, did I miss something there or am I not remembering it? And then it sort of made me think, right? Like, yes, you could watch, the, like, you can watch any show out of sync, right? Of course right? you can, yeah. And, and pretend that later on this is some incredibly insightful gimmick. But actually, um, the whole point is to build, right? Yeah, <laughs> and in storytelling, there are kind of rules about things. You telescope in advance and a rule yeah. of three if you want somebody to remember gotcha, something. right? Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, like, many, many shows have a flashback episode that mm. moves back for one and tells a backstory. That's all fine. You can do all of that. But, like, to give you, you know, a, a real concrete example, and I don't think it can, it can qualify as a spoiler because what is a spoiler in a show where yes, anything yeah. can happen, Right. One of the motley crew of of bandits, uh, who is like the lovable uh, young one, right? And you might see this right in the first episode you watch, so Mm. this isn't a spoiler. He doesn't make it to the end of the heist, right? But like, I'm watching it going, now I've seen this guy die, (laughs) right? But like, I don't care. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like as in, I don't yet have enough... You're not um, invested in them. Yeah, I have no investment in him, in his demise yet. And then when they're when they're sort of laying it on thick after the fact, because because uh, that's how it seems to me as a first time viewer of this building of you know camaraderie amongst the mm. band of bandits, I don't care because I know he's do- going to die. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? Or like, or it's not it's not soppy enough for me to go. Oh, that guy! You know he's gonna he's gonna meet his maker, right? The whole thing to me, the gimmick just didn't quite work out. Now. It's not terrible. Like, mm. as by... The, I just felt it was kind of by the book's heist or by the numbers heist, right? Like, uh, the heist itself is is nothing especially incredible. It's nothing particularly novel or interesting. Mm. The set is beautiful. The acting is all very good. Um, you know, I will give a particular shout out to uh, Peter Mark Kendall, who is a guy I'd never encountered before, who plays Stan Loomis, who's uh, in the first episode I saw is uh, Pap's cellmate and uh, prison chef and but but apart from that like because it's so all over the place um by design you kind of uh, it's it's just too disjointed really like it just didn't quite like the gimmick only works as a gimmick it doesn't really actually add to the storytelling no yeah you'd wonder is it is it was it like Eric Garcia's idea or did somebody in Netflix go, hang on a minute, it doesn't make any difference if we mix them up or Oh, not. I definitely think it's his idea because, right, the whole thing is Kaleidoscope. All the episodes are named after colours. Even all the character names, not all of them, but a lot of them are palindromes, right? So okay. you have Pap, yeah. you have Salas, you have Ava, you have Hannah, you have Bob, right? The whole thing is like, I had this great idea, yeah. <laughs> right? Give me $50 million or whatever. And then they're like, Right, yeah. Did it work? Not really. Like, as in, it's just a yeah, gimmick. Yeah, it would actually, though, 
Um, it, it would at the very least I imagine make you go and look up to see which first episode did they give you true and, I'll give you, you know, that it yes right. A, it's kind of slightly intriguing absolutely uh, and maybe you'll you'll happen upon one of the better ones and that'll yeah. maybe like hook you in right but like um, and certainly the last one which is the heist is a good heist episode but like there's a bit in it where you know for a lot of the heists it's, it's in silence I can't I think it's Les, Les Diaboliques that famous French movie where there's a, a really long silent robbery scene which mm. is must be what it's aping right but like I, <laughs> I was sitting there going why are they saying nothing like I can't <laughs> I can't quite remember like and I'm sure there's some line of dialogue earlier yeah. on and then weaved throughout there's also a, like a, a kind of a subplot involving an FBI agent who's a recovering drug addict and I found her plot quite dull to be honest with mm. you it was taking away like we already have the backstory of why you know Pap wants to do this we have his uh, estrangement from his daughter in the contemporary time we have the plan for the heist we have the actual heist we have the aftermath of the heist we don't really need a drug addicted FBI agent down on our luck Okay <laughs> so do you reckon that there won't be another series of this? I reckon there It may w- have already happened James three years ago <laughs> <laughs> I reckon it probably won't get a second billing uh, but as a standalone series it's fine it's just you know, the gimmick is it it wears off fairly quickly. Right. Okay, we'll go to our next show. It is The Flat Share. All episodes now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Here's a clip. So, tell me, how's the new place? What's your flatmate like? Have you met? We can't meet. That's the whole point. The contract says strictly no crossover, so he has it 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. and I have it 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. What about weekends? It's all mine. So it's actually a pretty good deal. What? No, it's just a bit... People like you don't need to do things like that. People like me. Some of our legal aid clients You're are... buying me I'm breakfast. just saying. You have options. I just can't face living with strangers right now, you know? It's too... I need my own space, and this is the only way I can afford it. It's not your own space, is it? Does this landlord know he's subletting? Because it's actually breached the right to an adequate standard of living. <laughs> I am being serious. You're literally sharing a bed with a man you've never met. Now, sounds kind of like reality television or something. <laughs> so this is based on a, best, a bestseller, Beth, a bestseller by Beth O'Leary, who uh, who sold a million copies of it in 2019. Mm. And I remember seeing it. It's actually like on one of you know, it's on like my Goodreads or on my Kindle as I might give this go at some point and didn't buy, and then won't. But um, it is a romantic comedy uh, drama set in London, and it is about, as we heard in the clip there, it is about uh, Jessica Brown Findlay, who people will know as Lady Sybil in Downton Abbey and a number of other failed uh, things since then who plays Tiffy Tiffany uh, and she shares a flat with Leon but it's more than sharing a flat they share a one bedroom flat and they share the bed in the flat Right. but he is a hospice nurse he's working nights so he has the apartment from 8am to 8pm and then she is a journalist and I, yeah, I'm doing the biggest inverted commas you have ever seen in your life here. Uh, and she has the apartment from 8pm to 8am and then at weekends as well. And the fundamental problem I had with this, even though I, I liked it fine, I will say, I, there are six hour long episodes on New Year's Day in a state of hungover, you know, misery. <laughs> <laughs> Myself and my fiancé sat and watched all six episodes in a row, right? Okay. So, if you're looking for hangover viewing, you could do an awful lot worse than this, right? 
It was so much so that when he went out to collect the takeaway that was being delivered, yes. I, was, <laughs> I was told to pause, right? He did, so he did all the work. Yeah, right? But I paid the subscription. Anyway, <laughs> but, but um, uh, basically, uh, the premise of the show makes no sense because she is a journalist in this kind of like BuzzFeed-esque type uh, mm. online down on its look publication, right? It's trying to sell, the editor is trying to sell, so he's looking for juicy clickbait in order to build a profile for the website. Uh, But she's not, like, financially desperate as far as we can tell, right? Mm. Her main, I mean, as she says in her clip, it's because she's had this recent breakup and she doesn't want to be living alone. But she is living living alone. alone. (laughs) So the whole concept doesn't really make sense. But once you get past the kind of silliness of the concept, even though, you know, who knows, it's probably happening in Dublin, right? Mm. Uh, once you get into kind of the interplay of this, will they, won't they, of will they, won't they, guess what, right? Uh, it actually... Oh, no, is, is that where the tension is? Of really? course, yeah. absolutely. Oh, right, okay, because yeah. they're posting post-its on the wall and he's, she's a bit like flighty and he's a bit serious. Let's call the whole thing off, right? But... Um, there's, they then bring in subplots <laughs> involving so he, uh, so Leon's brother uh, rings from prison and she answers and then like he's uh, he's been wrongfully well he's claiming he's been wrongfully uh, found guilty of knife crime or like armed robbery or something actually oh, bizarre in London and she begins a quest to uh, get him out of jail they bring in a subplot involving her friends uh, Mo, Mo, who is like a relationship therapist, and uh, uh, Maya, a convenient barrister. If you can tell where this is going, right? Yes. And it's all, it's all very easy. Like they, they, they do some very clumsy, uh, you know, like kaleidoscope wishes it could do what this could do in terms of, yeah. in terms of, or like for my viewing retention, right? Because mm. they do these very clumsy uh, delivery of exposition that will become very obvious later on down the line. Yeah. And if you can't see where literally every single step of this is going, you haven't watched a lot of television. But if you can, it's kind of naffly enjoyable along the way. Like, uh, like it exploits the chemistry of the pair quite well, even though they're not in an awful lot of scenes together. Mm. And like, look, it's a bit romantic, it's a little bit sexy at times and you could do an awful lot worse. Okay, fair enough. Right, our final show is Page Turners. You can see that on Thursdays at 10.15pm on RT1. Of course, catch up on the RT player. Here's a clip. 30 years ago, the book was a huge hit with thousands of circles of friends. But will our contemporary readers still be drawn to this story of small town girls in the big city? When I heard we were reading Maeve Benchy, I thought, okay, in my head, I am not imagining something I would ever read and I think of mm-hmm. like an older lady. Yeah, like that. I'd never read Maeve Benchy and it was just like a, I don't know, like a misconception you have yeah. in your head. Like, yeah. oh, I'm probably not going to be into that. I don't know if I'd have ever picked up a Maeve Benchy before. Um, this was definitely a first, but you okay there, buddy? Uh, this is definitely a first, but I actually must admit, I really enjoyed it. Well, it was a real page turner, I have to say. Yeah. The pace. She's, yeah. You always want to know what happens What's next. Happening? And there's something yeah. happening, and then there's something else happening. And you never lose sight of what happened back here. You're moving yeah. on all the like time. You, this book is just like like a comforting blanket. It's like a hug. It's really, it's, it's like a hug. Yeah. It's, it's suffocating. Like, Right, is this goggle box for books? Yeah, essentially. Goggle books is what it is, right? <laughs> like, yes, it is. And it sort of is, it kind of reveals actually how well crafted Gogglebox is, mm-hmm. right? Now, 
There's only been one episode of this, so right. I am going to be critical, but hopefully constructively so. Like a good book clubber. Yeah. Right? Okay. Um, ultimately, the, there's kind of a few structural problems with this that, that don't appear in the same way in Gogglebox. First of all, the thing about Gogglebox is you as a viewer see the clips of what they're seeing, right? You see the yeah, footage yeah. that they're watching. So even if you haven't read the book, which I have read mm. not one of the six or five books that they uh, they went through here, right? Four books, rather. Uh, I haven't read any of them. But I, even when I haven't seen the Gogglebox show, I see the moment that they're reacting to. Yeah. And often their commentary is not necessarily like uh, commentary on the plot or on the the show in uh, you know ac- across multiple seasons but rather just like the moment that's happening there and now right mm. and therefore it's immediately accessible as a yeah. viewer secondly the groups are much um are generally much smaller like one of these book clubs i think it's the one that's in Donegal town has 13 members right Crikey. and they're all women mm. and they're all of like the same you know they're all peers so they are very difficult to distinguish in one episode, right? Yeah. So I'm there watching it going like, now, I don't know who you are. I don't know who you are. Okay. Uh, all of the groups are somewhat homogenous. There's not one, uh, at least in any of the book clubs we met uh, in episode one, there's not one that has a mixture of men and women. They're all either all men <laughs> or all women, mm. which just adds a little homogeneity to what they're going to say in the sense that, like, I'm not saying di- different genders will, you know, I- inspire mu- mm. much more um, exciting conversation. But just as a viewer, it's easier to follow because there's, you know, more obvious archetypes there. Secondly, then I was watch- I was wondering, like, how are they going to bring in the books here, right? And they do it in a number of ways. So uh, they had they had two of the writers actually appear. Uh, they had Louise O'Neill and they had, uh, I, this is oh, terrible, uh, what's her name? Sorry. Uh, ma- no, ma- not Maeve Binchy, that would be a scoop. Well, no, unless they had some sort of archive footage of They Maeve. did actually have archive footage yeah. of her, sorry, yeah. Marion Keyes. Right, me. okay. Yeah. They had Marion Keyes on and they both read, uh, like, recording from their beautifully lit homes, re- reading two, two sure. paragraphs yeah. and then they went on and talked about them and that was it but other than that they did bring in archive footage they brought in really naff stock footage and they just built it all around the reading right? but, but ultimately for me the fundamental problem is I can't engage with it as much because I haven't read the material and it's just up to yeah. they're just offering uh, and like look I'm in a book club we offer superficial takes of it as well but like I'm watching four different book clubs offer equally superficial shades About books it. you haven't read. About yes. books I haven't read. And But did they give you a gist of what this book is about? They or do, what the yeah. Central, you yeah. Know. Now, they, they give you an absolute gist. They put it in context. Like, one of the books is Heiress, Rebel, Vigilante, Bomber, The Extraordinary Life of Rose uh, Dugdale. Dugdale. Yeah. I had never heard of Rose Dugdale in my life. Maybe she features in... People have uh, a certain vintage wood. Gra- yeah. yeah, or yeah. reeling in the ears. Maybe yeah. she's there somewhere, right? But I had never heard of her. And certainly it was interesting for them to 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 put that there, right? As in, perhaps the non-fiction was more interesting than the fiction because yeah. it is, you know, stranger than fiction, right? But, but um, on the whole, I guess... This could perhaps develop, like maybe if, you know, like if we could run, if we could go into the time machine of TV on the radio and have me reflecting on the very first episode of Gogglebox, would I be as critical of that? Indeed, yes. Right? It's just that this is, like, as you look at it, you know, it's narrated by Fiona Looney. uh, Looney. It has these interstitial shots of like the, you know, the group sitting around raising a cup that are all beautifully shot that are so reminiscent of the Gogglebox, you know, format mm. that that it just calls for an immediate comparison to that. 
And like I lay my cards on the table. I really like Gogglebox as a as a format because I like watching TV, right? I also like reading books. I am in a, genuinely in a mm. book club, right? But for me, this just has some uh, teething problems that it kind of needs to work out. Okay, and I suppose a lot, like a lot of things, the casting of those uh, of those book clubs is crucial. Definitely, uh, if you get to know the people, which you might do in subsequent episodes. Indeed. Uh, right, that, those three uh, things shows we were talking about today were Kaleidoscope, all episodes now streaming on Netflix. The Flat Share, all episodes now streaming on Paramount Plus, and Page Turners. You can see it on Thursdays at ten fifteen on RTE One, and catch up on the RTE player, James. Dempsey, thanks a million. Thank you. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2 pm on News Talk.